This is the Workplace Ninja podcast coming to you live from our summit in Baden with highlights, insights, and interviews. So, good afternoon in Baden at the Workplace Ninja Summit 20. What is it? 2023. Something Not like that, yeah. Yeah, 20,000 20, <laughs> then. <laughs> that will be uh, two way long uh, ahead. But um, we're back with a new talk about some topics, ASR, MAM, probably. Uh, bring with two bring new people. Yeah. Are you disappeared uh, as last time? So, but we have Peter back. And uh, me, myself, and I still on the table, <laughs> and two new people, Kenny, Kim. Yes. Kenny, who are you? Where, where are you from? What are you doing? Well, I'm from Belgium. I like to drink beers. I like uh, fast cars. I like to barbecue. I like to do these kind of conferences as a co-organizer, but also as a speaker. And I also like, uh, yeah, to mix and mingle, have discussions. So, and drink beers, of course. Uh. And fast cars. We saw we saw a picture in the in the past few <laughs> days. <laughs> Inside joke. Inside yeah, some stalkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, beside you, who do we have, Kim? Yeah, so I'm uh, Kim Herman. I'm also from Belgium. Uh, second year uh, attending the Workplace Ninja event. Uh, second time a speaker as well. Uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting conference so far. A lot of uh, new things that we already already seen from Microsoft. Uh, I think there is a good diversity here uh, in regarding technology, so it's one of the top events to be to be at. Definitely, definitely. And there is a, there is a a sticker on your shirt. What is that? What what where's that for? You're yeah, the it's, uh, one. it's the special edition shirt that I'm wearing this year. Uh, it's a joke from last year. <laughs> they uh, called me the muscle uh, strumpf. So this year I am uh, the walking strumpf. And uh, when people find me, they can take a selfie and get some uh, some goodies. Yeah. So if you just turn around a little bit to the camera, then uh, yeah, people can see it also online. <laughs> Actually, the running joke is we we try to put him on Twitter as much as possible, so uh, maybe uh, he, will, he will find a girlfriend. Uh. <laughs> ah, is that is that the reason? That, that's the reason behind it. Yeah, yeah. I think Mirko next year, if he wants to do something like that again, he needs to put it in the keynote as well. Find a Smurf and tweet about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's an, uh, a good idea for next year. Yeah. But um, it is a few hours ago that you both did. Uh, I saw already in a picture passing by that um, that you have a session. What was that session about? Uh, it was a session about uh, attack surface reduction rules uh, in the security track. Uh, we went. We we basically went over all the specific ways on how you can configure them, how you implement them in the environment. Uh, just to yeah, give people a good understanding based on our experience where we hit the wall a few times already and uh, how they how we can prevent them from hitting that wall and giving them some tips and tricks and helping them with if they're implemented what they can do afterwards in the troubleshooting aspect and yeah just trying to give some guidance uh, regarding the whole uh, ASR uh, topic. Now, and which, which walls did you hit? Uh, a lot of walls, but I think in general the biggest issue with everything at Microsoft and in cloud is that they try to put stuff in multiple places and uh, not removing it or at least, uh, would I say, um, you, you can manage it in different places. So for example with ASR also I think you can do it on five different ways. Yeah. Um, and that's and only in Intune? Yeah, and that's only in Intune, exactly. And 
and and people yeah they they try and and they fail and then you see all these pulses come together and you don't know where, why it's not working it's very it becomes very complex and and things in the cloud is evolving very fast um, so I, I think most of the walls that we hit was just about configuring things in the wrong way yeah not not only configuring things in the wrong way I think from the implementation point of view uh, there is a lot of stuff in the documentation but yeah as an IT we most of the time just uh, <laughs> start implementing because who reads the doc until things go wrong and the moment that uh, then you google it yeah, yeah yeah then you google it and <laughs> then you actually get uh, rerouted to the documentation I think as Kenny said uh, there are a lot of different ways from the original design in Intune, in tune how you can implement stuff. But what they are doing now with the settings catalog, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's way better now. And I think they are starting to centralize everything. Yeah. But regarding the ASR itself, I think the biggest conflict that we had like, was like, yeah, settings, multiple settings with different uh, values overlapping each other and. We are coming from a background from GPO management where the most restrictive is always winning. But in the case of ASR, this is not this is not a way. Basically, the moment you get a conflict, your ASR rule is gone. It's not even applied anymore. No, and, and reporting around that is not the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen it as customers that uh, ASR was completely not working anymore, but Intune thought it was fine. Yeah. And we had to uh, uh, learn... Uh, from uh, Defender for Endpoint that all the ESR rules were just disabled because yeah there mm -hmm. was a conflict. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have uh, E5 and you have MDE or the E3 with security yeah. speed, I think it's a great addition and it makes your life as an IT admin uh, pretty easy. Yeah, but then you also show the solution uh, to also detect if ASR rules are, are applied via Intune, right? Yeah, so uh, there are some clever people already on the internet and Twitter who uh, blogged about it. I think it was uh, Joey Verlinden. Yeah, Joey yeah. Verlinden, yeah. yeah. So shout out to his blog. He made like... Uh, from the Netherlands. Yeah, from the Netherlands. Of course. Uh, <laughs> 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 he made an interesting blog on how you can uh, detect your uh, ASR rules if they are being applied or not via an Intune uh, custom compliancy. And, and based on that, you can already have some sort of detection to know if the rule is there, yes or no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And ASR, basically, it's a Windows feature. Uh, so it's it's inside Windows, yep. Windows 11, Windows 10, um, basically. So but you configure it with a GPO, with Intune, and in, within Intune on different parts within Intune, yep. you can configure yeah. it. Um, how hard reporting is an issue, but how hard is it to be... Wait, you said already, um, if I do it on different places, yeah sometimes overlapping yep. how, how hard how hard is it to do it in a correct way well it's not hard to do it in a correct way but i think you need to have a streamlined process between your it people mm. i think what happens most of the time is you have the normal sys admins or the endpoint managers or whatever they are uh, configuring them in uh, in Intune, and then you get like people uh, from the security team who are also doing stuff in Intune now because yeah, everything in Intune is also a lot of security features are there for from managing from a management point of view. So they start creating their own profiles there, and there is no communication between the teams, and then you start getting into uh, yeah, a messy area where you have a lot of conflicts and things are not applying anymore, and then yeah. 
from, a, from the sysadmin perspective, they are just looking at the configuration profile and they look at yeah. the status and oh, it's green, so everything should work, but, <laughs> but sometimes but it's not. Aside from that, I think also uh, what, what we see a lot is, you, you know, you can enable a lot of ASR rules, but there are a few specific ones that are very difficult to enable. And uh, a lot of people in the organization, although they manage it with SCCM, uh, sorry, Microsoft Endpoint Manager, um, <laughs> oh, even that no, Conf configuration, manager. configuration manager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Microsoft true. configuration uh, manager. Uh, or you do it, uh, you do it through Intune. The, the, the biggest issue is you don't know uh, the complete uh, application landscape right. uh, because yeah. some finance department have some specific plugins in Excel or last time at the customer that was SAP reporting we broke. It was some kind of reporting at the end of the month to calculate the bonuses of the management. Mm. So Yeah, that's tricky. If that's yeah, that was like a P1 <laughs> immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you also showed and learned the, uh, the attendees how to uh, work around that uh, just yeah. by using auditing instead. Yeah. By using enforcement directly. Mm. Yeah, I did, I did a session with, Dave, with David Brook at MMS and what he actually also made, and that's for the people who are, don't have enough money to buy E5, at least some visibility in a Power BI dashboard to oh harvest yeah. that and to make their life a bit easier to get those exclusions uh, up and running. And we had a very good question at the end on how do you add exclusions? Do you do it in Intune or how do you manage that properly? And actually the, the answer we think is uh, a great answer is you need to create a custom detection in, in E5, for example, in MDE, an indicator, sorry, not a custom detection, mm -hmm. uh, an, an indicator. And, and that indicator is a, is a hash-based uh, indicator. So that will make your life a bit yeah, easier to, to manage it and to have your security team re-evaluate it and not set and forget. Yep. The only thing I want to add on uh, if you start creating indicators, like what I always advise uh, my customers to do is... Um, in Intune, you can have configuration profiles where you can tag devices with for the for MDE. Um, a lot of customers, when they start implementing MDE and they start making their exclusions in the, in the indicator part for the whole platform, it also means that it's applied for every device in the platform by default. So what I always advise is try to make the exception that you're making, is it maybe for a specific uh, department like finance? If it is so, then make sure that you have like a specific device group for the finance people and only apply the exclusion to them. You just want to yeah, limit, limit your exclusions because if everything in the world would be great, there are no exclusions and everything would be perfectly managed. But if you have the use case where you have an exclusion, yeah, you don't want by default to enable it for the whole platform. You always want to have a subset of devices so you know that it's not being applied on everything. You never know what can happen these days. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 about virtualization? Because I had a customer enabled ASR by default, and then block mode. All <laughs> yeah. all developers are <laughs> complaining because send VirtualBox, VMware Workstation, and all that kind of stuff wasn't running anymore. Yeah. So why is that? What's happening there? Do you know that? There are, I guess there are too many uh, yeah, custom executables, let's say, and files be not being signed. And uh, yeah, the, devel the developer is always uh, hard to, to yeah, manage. No, I, th I think I can give you a good answer on that. Microsoft is have a, as an ASR rule for trustworthiness, and, and yep. uh, I forgot it out of my heart, but you have uh, yeah, prevalence and trusted... Uh, yeah, age of... Age of uh, yeah, well, I don't know it by heart, but... There is something. 
anyway, Microsoft is, you know, signing them and approving them, but Microsoft cannot keep up the pace sometimes as well, or some vendors mm. are not uh, into the program or whatever. So there are some ASR rules you need to be very careful with. And yeah. this is also something we listed in our in our presentation, is these rules, be very careful. They look harmless, but they can do a lot of damage, at least for uh, people that... Yeah, cannot work anymore. Yeah. So I think w what we always advise is start with audit mode, have a look. And and that comes down to the application landscape. Some people do not know. Uh, and wha what's happening with developers, eh? the type of uh, persona you always have, they have local admin rights, they can yep. do whatever they want. Yeah. And then you run in those kind of uh, tricky uh, things. In, in reality, what happens most of the time for developers, I'm not saying it's the best approach, but most of the time they are being put in exclusion groups with their specific machines because it becomes a burden to manage. Yeah, but on first hand, uh, you need all the information to make yep. a decision. Mm -hmm. uh, must uh, Do it must be in an exclusion group or not? Um, so auditing and reporting mm -hmm. is is one of the important steps there. Yeah, it's key. Yeah. I think the the E5 uh, MDE license you add the reporting makes makes it pretty critical and that's why David also said like if I can uh, we used Maurice and Sandy's uh, log analytics solution, extended yep. it a bit and then put a Power BI dashboard on top of it. And you can export that information in Excel. So even if you don't have the E5 uh, solution, it creates that visibility you want uh, uh, Yeah, for those kind of people who, who, who are yeah, blind, I would say. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, the, um, you have one session these, these days, you're organizing and helping stuff and so on, but you have another session with Kenneth, I guess? Yes. That's about? Uh, mobile application management. Is that important? Uh, these <laughs> days it is, and I think uh, I think in, uh, in the Europe space, uh, we see a lot of customers who are, yeah, the biggest question is always how do we keep our mobile devices protected like how do we prevent data getting leaked and yeah. a lot of customers in the like a few years ago they were all like okay we need to enroll the device and we need to manage the device but the last the last two years you see a lot of changes coming it is like hmm, we're managing a lot of devices you also have hr policies people are be becoming a little bit uh, anxious uh, yeah yeah, anxious <laughs> because their because their device is being managed. So mobile application management is uh, is perfect for it. I always say to my customer, you know, a phone is something personal. You know, your computer. You can say, hey, Franz. Oh, I forgot my computer. Hey, Franz, take mine. I don't mind, but you won't do that with your phone. Never. Yeah, of course, exactly. there are always scenarios where you need. Yeah, of course. VM, but yep. for the, I think the mass majority, and for sure, bring your own devices yeah. yep. and protect you without enrollment or. Yeah. But a lot of it's people see that device as something yeah. personal. And if you're going to invade that space from a pr company perspective, mom is fairly transparent. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to enroll, it's, ah, you have this box where what you can see, what you can't see. But users are really, I would say, um, yeah, and not trusting the organization as such. And you have those unions and what can you see? And it's a lot of work, extra work, while mom is actually really easy to set up and to comply with your uh, security data loss po policies. Yeah, yeah, and for sure the solution of Microsoft is awesome because of the multi-identity support mm. in, in uh, for instance, Outlook, your personal account next to 
the business account, if you leave the company, only the business part is removed yep. and not all your yeah. personal mails again. And your app keeps on working instead yeah, the, when your MDM device. Then and the the, the thing well. that is funny as well is if you enroll the device and you you don't have like Apple uh, device enrollment manager, with Mam you can say if the if the device gets stolen, great. But also if the user leaves the company, you disable the account and the yeah. data is gone. You don't need to think, you don't need to worry, and your security department can get a clear list of if the data is really removed. So from a compliance perspective, that's that's just great. And then yeah, we discussed yesterday with. Uh, Oh, was it Sandy uh, about um, Sengi and Sengi, yeah, Sengi and about the MAM uh, tunnel, and mm. tunnel yep. for MAM, and that's an awesome solution if you want to also publish internal resources on yep. MAM only devices. So. Yeah, but not only with Sengi. Um, in the past, we had a recording uh, with the crew in the Netherlands. Um, what you see, the investment that Microsoft is doing at the moment for bring your own and mobile application management, not only mobile, but also for Windows and yeah. Mac. Uh, the next steps that we'll take in there, yeah, that bring us, um, that gives us a, a huge step uh, forward to bring bring your own devices within a company more and more in a, in a convenient way. Yeah. It, yeah. Now, nowadays we can do it, but it's still a lack of features that yeah. we need, still need that. But also the world is a bit changing. I mean, if you hire somebody today that comes off to school, he wants his own device. He, he, yep. he wants to work on what he likes to work. And you can enforce him maybe with giving him a Windows device, but if he's used only to use Mac, why would you drop his productivity by giving him a laptop that is he's not used to? So I think it's very important you get these features in and you give this kind of HR flexibility to, to let people use what they want, but in a secure and a safe manner. Yep, yep. That's, that's what it is. Uh, are there specific topics regarding MAM uh, um, that, that, you, that you mentioned in the next session that we Well, were? we will be, in general, we will be going over the, the, the traditional MAM policies, let's say, for iOS and Android, give people some advice, uh, guidance from what we have learned over the years. But uh, since Microsoft also I think it's GA this week, the MAM for Windows or MAM for Edge, how you want to call it. Yeah, it was last week, yeah. 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 So it's uh, now in a, it's it's now globally available. A lot of people are not using it yet or haven't tested, so we want to show them already uh, in one of the demos as well on, on how you can configure MAM for Windows and try to get people started with it. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Because uh, that's what I was trying to say, because bring your own is hard on Windows nowadays. Yep. And with that, it's it's taking a bigger step. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft tried a lot of uh, DLP <laughs> solutions yeah. for Windows. Uh. <laughs> there, are, there are still some additional things that you will need to do at yeah. the moment with uh, if you implement MAM for Windows because you Definitely. probably still want to have some conditional access rules blocking the fat stack clients of Outlook in Teams from working or maybe OneDrive syncing. Yeah. But yeah, if you start looking how how Microsoft is creating the new Outlook and, and the team, everything is a web view too, or how do you say it? So maybe maybe one day they will have uh, MAM policies applying for those that clients you, as you well. You mean that progressive apps? Yeah, uh, progressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, but it's on Teams, it's on Outlook. Uh, other apps yeah. will follow, probably. Yeah. I, I don't know, but no, that's the biggest challenge we have internally. We we, we all uh, try to eat uh, the own dog food. Yeah, 
Um, and Kim is working a lot on his uh, home PC, you know, and his personal device. And now so we can, yeah, we, we, we try to block everything, but yeah, today you cannot do it with Teams, so that's a bit cumbersome. But I think Microsoft is always coming in three versions. So the first one will be a bit look and feel testing, get a lot of feedback, then they will make a better version. And by the time they have version three, I think it's a really good solution. Um, I think that's also f I, uh, a good thing, and you see that also in the Intune uh, team itself. They didn't do a lot in the past with Mac and, and all these other flavors. They're putting a lot of investment in it, and you will s you, you see that they're following the market and yeah. really putting effort into it. And that's good to see. That's what I like to see. And I think that's what also customers like to see. Yeah, and uh, if we look at mobiles, um, you will look into iOS and Android. Yep. What are the biggest differences between them regarding to mobile application management? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Apart from the broker app. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> company portal versus <laughs> company authenticator. <laughs> <versus laughs> but nowadays we have web single sign-on. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I think there are some, I think 80% is overlapping stuff in yeah. between Android and iOS. I think in the Android policies, you have some specifics that you can do because yeah, you can use multiple keyboards and everything. And I think also in the in the conditional launch, you have more uh, options, more yeah. options there as well. I know that they discontinued uh, the API, Google Safety Net, the Google <laughs> Safety yeah. Net. But uh, yeah, from what I heard in the keynote, they're working now together with. Uh, Microsoft, uh, they said it yesterday that they were working together with Samsung, doing some other hardware yeah, backend stuff. For the uh, yeah. device at the station yeah. with Knox. Knox yeah. 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 yeah, but on the other hand, partnering uh, with an Apple, with a Google, with Samsung, mm. with every other um, bigger player in the market regarding mobiles, they are really working closely together yeah. to yeah. get the stuff done for an end user. But I think you see, I think you see a lot of iOS devices in enterprise world just you know because they're easy to manage, not a lot of flavors. Um, and what you see is Android typically is in those barcode scanners in hospitals, uh, that kind of stuff. Too many devices. Yeah. Ah, but that being said, and of Google is also improving. And yeah. Like the last four or five years, they with Google Enterprise with yeah. their program, they really improved. Yeah. Also, the uh, the supportability yeah, for enterprise the, management, yeah, yeah definitely. Yes. Yeah. But also, uh, yet was it yesterday? I don't know which uh, session I saw is uh, about the capability to manage uh, these um, 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 me meeting client devices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Teams uh, rooms. Yes, team room devices, which are basically running on Android most of the time, but don't have this Google Play Store and stuff. And now you can also push applications to it, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it will be expanding also yeah. in the next year, months, whatever. Yeah. Um, any First ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> in an hour or two. <laughs> uh, yeah, an hour and a half, I think. So you need to prepare for that. Thanks for being here, um, talking about this cool stuff yeah. and uh, having you guys on the on the event and uh, yeah, probably meet up uh, later on and... Uh, Probably we can do something in in Belgium uh, later on with uh, yeah or with in the Netherlands yeah we invite them back again yeah yeah <laughs> we that's always invite uh, thanks for the invite Franz uh, yeah, it was a pleasure Definitely. to be here <laughs> <Yeah>. and Peter <laughs> okay thank you.